Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome into another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. And uh, I'm in a different location, so um, no background today, but uh, uh, we're reacting to the draft, Keith. We're here on Friday morning, uh, first night of the draft, Thursday. Seahawks made their picks, stuck to their uh, overall selections at 5 and 20, turned the picks in, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Welcome in, man. Yeah, no trades. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised, especially the way the um, the top four picks fell with the Houston Texans jumping all over the place and and um, doing Houston Texan things, and um, you know then Andy doing the unthinkable and drafting a massive project who won't be ready to play um, in year one for a team that doesn't have a quarterback at all. So they're going to make this guy that's not ready to play year one play in year one, which I thought was very unexpected um you think yeah um i fully expected them to um take levis at that spot simply because he could come in and play and they have they don't have a quarterback and they need someone who can play this year richardson's going to get everyone excited but he's going to look like trash if they throw him out there um this year he just his mechanics are awful and um he's still got to like you know learn the position athletically he's amazing and if they're they're probably going to set up and do some sort of like triple option you know wing t type thing in order to get their offense moving and take advantage of his skills but as far as running an nfl offense he's not ready yeah. um but 
you know you can't you can't um as for such as having such a high ceiling you don't i don't want to fault him with that it's just unexpected to me um that a, a gm would basically because he used a fourth overall pick on a quarterback and if he doesn't turn into the quarterback that you're telling everyone he's going to um you're not going to have a job or a career in the nfl and that's a, just a huge risk so we'll see that's, how that rolls that's certainly an upside pick keith if i've ever seen one but um you know it is telling too at the same time what what gms and, and the league thought about will levis you know he fell out of a certain spot in the draft and then he just kept going teams necessarily weren't looking for a quarterback uh where he was sliding and we'll see what happens at the top end of the second round if somebody moves up a little bit or he might be available um, it's medicals that's causing him to fall um according to chris mortensen um from espn this morning um th at least one team um took him off the board their team that that was in position to draft a quarterback and needs one took him off the board because of the left toe injury like the toe injury that he had last year that made him miss a couple games they think it's not healed and it's going to require surgery and they're worried he was going to miss this year um, another team was like saying that that um it was going to re probably require surgery at at least like if he, if he makes it through the year then he's gonna have to have surgery next year and so teams were being scared off by um apparently something to do with you know ligaments and stuff in his toe and so that's new that's like something i hadn't heard i didn't know there was any medical concerns with him um but you know, Chris Mortensen is the most connected guy in the NFL. So um, I'm going to trust that. So at the uh, post uh, first day draft press conferences, uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider sat down with the media and um, they talked about what happened uh, with the, with the picks. And so at five, it sounded like Seattle, um, according to John Schneider, had two players that they would stick with uh, the pick on and uh, Weatherspoon would be one of those and i can only speculate that it may have been richardson or anderson uh mm -hmm. at five and they would have also made that pick turn the card in um but let's talk about what they did so they're sitting there at five the board fell in a way that was not unexpected um even even if uh, the the teams uh flipped around a little bit at the top um the players that we were hoping may be available to Seattle at five, we're no longer there. We were left with Will Levis, Jalen Carter, uh, Tyree Wilson, and Witherspoon as the uh, players available on the mm -hmm. board. Obviously, they took Carter off their board. He was not an option for them. Uh, Will Levis was graded much lower, apparently. And uh, then it just came down to Wilson, for me, Wilson and uh, Witherspoon. And they went and just got their player, Keith. Uh, well, we talked a little bit about Witherspoon in the draft. We yeah. talked about the the overarching idea that corner would be uh, a position uh, that that I personally said they might upgrade. They don't necessarily need a a corner, but possibly the upgrade, and that's exactly what they did. Out of all the positions on the field, corner is the was the least the least needing an upgrade on the roster. Um, Every other position could have used an upgrade more than corner. Um, so, and the fact that they'd never taken a corner um, before the late '90s in in terms of draft position, the idea that they would take one at five was unfathomable. Um, but they think he's a kid special. 
and they used the number five overall pick uh, on it. I like the idea. Um, you, if you think a guy's special, taking him. Um, I didn't study him uh, as closely as I normally would because, again, I'm, the Seahawks aren't taking a corner. I don't need to know him that well. Um, but I went back yesterday and, and did a bunch of of looking and, and, and watching tape after that. Uh, this kid's going to be great. I, I'm not not concerned about that at all. He's Everyone's like, oh, he's not, you know, very long. Well, yeah, he's 5'11 instead of, you know, like 6 or 6'1. I don't care about that. Um, he, the key is is that he's super aggressive. He's incredibly just feisty in terms of the way that he tackles. Um, and he just doesn't make mistakes. He didn't, didn't give up a touchdown this last year. Um, and that's not a great defense that he was on. It's not like he had a great front seven um, getting pressure. He had to cover forever. And still didn't give up a touchdown all year. Like the, uh, he only gave up three yards per passing attempt um, to player when they threw it towards him. Um, statistically, he's great. The tape looks great. I, I love the player. I don't like the pick, but I love the player. But I'm sure we can get into that in a second. I love the pick, and I love the player. I mean, to me, the Seahawks nailed it, knocked it out of the park in this, considering the situation. And, um. You know, they come away upgrading the position. I thought that they could have done that. I like Mike Jackson as a, as a corner, but when you pair him with with uh, Woolen, it, it was an average secondary last year. And I think this is this is a special player, Keith. It really is. I mean, I, I, I took a look at, at Witherspoon peripherally in this draft just as part of the exercise overall because he's up there, but I didn't expect them to, to make this pick at all just as you said. And, but once they made the pick, you really take a look at it. It makes a ton of sense the way that Pete Carroll talked about him. They, he compared him to Paul, uh, Paul Mono, as far as a player who used to coach that same sort of mentality, just to go get it, uh, instincts on, on jumping routes and, and making plays on the ball. One of the most physical players in this draft, um, and just a, a playmaker for that defense. It's, it's going to create a situation where teams are going to have uh, issues throwing the ball on the Seahawks. And I just, I love the pick. I realize it's not the most coveted position of need in this draft, not, not even close. Um, but it's a long draft process. We've got two, we've got three picks in day two. And I think that they've got some time here to still put this thing together as a draft is looked at as a, as a whole. Uh, we're still early in this process. So for me, I, they were going to take a corner in this draft, Keith. We've, we've talked about uh, oh, Julian, Julius Brents quite, a, quite often and other yep. corners in the second and third round. And they went ahead and just did that early and, and knocked it out, got the, here's, the best corner the, in the draft, Keith. Here's the problem that I have with it. Yes, he's the best corner of the draft. Truly a special player. I'm not saying he's not. I love the player. But they could have traded back three times four times they could have they could have not picked yet and still got a very very good corner an elite corner in joy porter jr and i'm asked a whole bunch of other players the cost difference of the number five overall pick versus an early second rounder is not keith you um, could make that argument in almost any position it's not enough uh, this isn't enough of an upgrade. You can 
Jalen Carter has all the um, off-field baggage. If he didn't, he'd probably be the number one overall pick. But the difference between him and the second defensive tackle is massive. I would argue, too, that um, taking – let's just say it was Jalen Carter instead of Devon, uh, Devon Witherspoon. Let's say Jalen Carter didn't have any issues. He was going to come in and be a good player. The impact on the defense, I would argue, is almost the same. Devon Witherspoon's going to break up you know, 20 passes in a game, have four or five interceptions, going to be day one starter. His impact is going to be tangible. Jalen Carter's impact at that position, he might have 25 tackles on the year, uh, 10 pressures and three sacks if he's lucky. And that's the reality of defensive tackle at, at the nose uh, tackle position or three tack in a three, four in this, in his first year. I'm just saying, I think that the impact, the immediate impact for this pick is where where the value lies and i and i think that yes you could argue brands or cam johnson or kaylee ringo or a few other uh corners that you're taking you know in the first 50 to 75 picks has got similar value i would argue this player is just special just another notch above that i'm talking like earl thomas level impact on your defense that's what this player is and i I get that. And like I said, I love the player. No, I, I do not doubt the quality of the of the guy in any way. Um, it's just a matter of the opportunity cost. The 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 it's a it's not a huge difference between him, Gonzalez, and Joey Porter Jr. in my my opinion. Um, those three guys are all elite corners. Um, which makes what Washington did really funny, but that's a topic for later. Um <laughs> But those three guys are all elite corners. Witherspoon's the best of the three, but we're talking about around early. Um, I would still to, argue to, that to, you to know, get him over Porter, it's a you, it's around earlier. That's a huge opportunity cost um, for a I, for a slightly I, better player. I would argue that you know the positional value equation of this is important, and corner is one of those positions that you can grab a top ten talent. And people aren't questioning the value like they would running back or other positions, you know, safety, et cetera. Um, Corner has definitely an impact on your roster. And I think this is going to tangibly make the the roster better. Um, And and, and in in the end, um, when it's all said and done, a year from now when we can evaluate his season and paired with Woolen and, and how the defense played overall, where the holes are, where the holes remain, et cetera. Um, it's just a matter of the way the board fell. You know, this was kind of the worst case scenario, if you will, for the Seahawks at pick five, not being able to trade back or not. not. They were it, able to it trade sounded, back. It, it sounded like they had a few things going. They had multiple trade offers, according to. They um, did, but they looked at the report, value proposition said, for that. They said no. They said, this is the player that we intend to come out of the draft with. And I, you have to, having them gone through this process and really, I mean, sinking into it. And this is the player player that they chose and chose to stay with at five. I'm okay with it. I think that's why I think this is a a great pick for the Seahawks. Now, whether you're right or or I'm right or wrong or whatever, I think in the end is is probably the, 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 the idea that they upgraded their roster, got better at a, a position, took the best player at a position in the draft. Um, I think is, is a win for them. And, down the road, we'll we'll be able to see if it was if if that proves to be true or not. Well, and then they went they came out in um at, with their second pick, the twentieth pick, and picked a guy that you love, 
um, at wide receiver. I'm uh, absolutely sold on everything he does. Like, talk about an instant upgrade at a position. They needed a third wide receiver. They went and got a second wide receiver. Now, right. um, who's the third between DK Tyler and um, um, Smith Najigba? Is that Najigba? Is that right? Smith Najigba, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, who is number three out of that group's going to um, be up for debate? Um, and I bet even amongst the coaches. But I mean, these, this, that's a fantastic player. Um, but again, like they could have got a third wide receiver later. This team has massive flaws. The way you it's rostered, you could you could say this. You could make this argument darn near in any position because Seattle is light on at least five position groups. And yeah, but wide receiver and cornerback are ones where they were set. I mean, they needed a third wide receiver, but they're top two. Yeah. They've already got their Pro Bowl guys. Yes, but uh, Tyler Lockett's entering his year thirty-one uh, season. He's under contract for one more season, and um you have to start thinking about the future in that respect. In a, in the second respect, as you know, Seattle has not had a consistent third uh, receiver presence on this team for three or four years, at least. Yeah, I know. And we were going to take, this is the same argument I made for the, the cornerback thing. We were going to take a wide receiver in this draft. The question is when, when is the opportunity available to you? And when do you pull the trigger on that? And the way that the board fell and you've, you've got, 31 other teams in the, in this thing and they're jockeying and making decisions that impact your, uh, your position in the draft. And at 20, if you take a look at the big board, um, he was there. Now, from what I understand, they were trying to do something late that they went all the way down to the, to, to the wire with the pick on the clock. And they were trying to make a couple of things happen. It didn't sound like it came together. Now that's according to John Schneider. And, you know, they didn't want to embarrass Najigba and tell him that, that he wasn't going to be the pick and they were forced to make it. But that's kind of what it sounded like. So I'll give you that, that, that they were trying to move off this thing, gain some additional value in probably day two and just weren't able to put that deal together. And they went and, and had to make the pick and they picked the best player that they thought was going to have the biggest impact on their roster. And I thought, this is that's why i don't mind this pick so much they they, in both of these cases they pick the best player available the best player on their board and in both of these cases they didn't make the team significantly better i disagree with that because it doesn't matter how good your cornerbacks are if you don't have a defensive line that is don't have a defensive line and it doesn't matter how good your receivers are if you can't block up the middle or run the football we certainly and have a trend can, problem on this team, Keith. There's no doubt about it. But we also have day have two and day three the of middle. the draft. What I'm going to say here is that no matter who we would have picked in the trenches, can't see if you know can't see when a pick ahead of of twenty. He may have been the guy. Uh, if we pick Jalen Carter at five, if we pick Keanu Benton in the second round, first pick overall, or it's um, it's John Michael Schmitz, or it's Tipton, or it's somebody else, Ade Ade. Uh, the impact that those players are going to have on this defense overall is going to be marginal anyway. Now, Tippin can come in and start. Schmitz could come in and start at center, but it, it's center. I think we can address that and get a starting center out of this. We still have three picks in the next uh, it, it, today, tonight. Um, 
I just don't know that they would have the same impact, though, that these players have. But you're right. We need to be able to block and tackle up front. We do. Our, we our trenches are a mess, yeah. Keith. It's so absolutely got, a fact. But the draft so they've didn't got great that corners. Way. They've got great corners. And would you have average it, safety? Would you have reached up and grabbed Mozzie Smith? And and would Mozzie Smith be a better pick than Najigba long term for this roster? Or just in the short window of we need a guy today, so we're going to go get the inferior player on our board. You, you think Mozzie that, Smith is a debate, isn't really. in, Mozzie Smith isn't inferior to anyone as a nose tackle. He's the best nose tackle to come out uh, of this draft in quite a while. Is nose nose tackle more valuable than the best wide receiver in the draft on on their board? The best nose tackle in the draft versus the best receiver in the draft when you've got receivers and you don't have any defensive linemen on your roster. So you're prioritizing drafting for need as opposed to drafting best player available. And that's I'm really the argument, isn't the it? The difference in value between the Jigma and Mozzie Smith is minimal. They they probably have identical grades. Um, maybe like... Ish. Yeah, I would, argue, I I mean, would say yes, within a margin a, of 5%-ish, you know, if, give if or take. They have, yeah. if, if they have identical grades... Then why are you not fixing your? You don't have the cap room to go get a guy, so they're basically admitting they're going to go into the season with that. Like it tells two. me that on their board they didn't equate the two players. They did not have him graded at, at the same. You know that's the only reason now, that it would make sense to to make this pick for the Seattle if if Najigba was in fact the highest by a margin, a wide margin, and you know most draft boards had projected him to go anywhere between twelve and you know 17 maybe 20 if he fell a little bit and he did um because last year he had the the hamstring he played a total of 17 snaps or something like that the year before he had 1600 yards and 375 yards in the in the rose bowl was the mvp mvp and a top five pick in the draft if he would have gone out he was a sophomore there so he came back for his junior year it didn't work out but nonetheless this guy's a, a, a huge talent you know, and and he made he did that sixteen hundred and something yards, and and you know a bunch of touchdowns with Olave and Garrett Wilson on the roster. So I mean, this guy's not a slouch at wide receiver. No so, one's saying that he is. I'm just saying, like, as far as impact on the roster, as far as making your team better and being able to compete, wide receiver and cornerback were not the positions that made this roster better. They are, and that's where were, you get. If, that's where it gets sticky because then if you're you drafting were a nine for need team, over drafting for best player available. And if you were chosen, a nine win team coming into the draft after giving two first round picks, you are in exactly a nine win team right now. You didn't make your team better with two first round picks. That's the problem I have. It's not the guys. The guys are great. These are the best corner in the draft, the best receiver in the draft, in my you opinion. You just turned your and, position groups on the team though from good, solid cornerback room wide receiver room okay i mean probably less than solid you've got it great at the top but our third wide receiver back was not solidified on this roster by any means you took two position groups on the team that were okay solid as as a cornerback room and you turned them into elite elite and so i i would argue that yes in fact you did make your team better you solidified it to the point where it's elite and you're going to go in and beat teams 
um, because of it, I believe. I think that Witherspoon's that good. I think he's going to be a turnover machine, ball hawk, that pairing there back on the back end, especially with Julian Love coming in and, they and Diggs. They can't cover forever. You have, True, you have but it does no, make no it it does make it easier for the it does make it 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 gives the the the, the front end a little bit more time to get to the quarterback. Um, They're going to need anyway. Number. What I'm saying <laughs> is that I I like I like the picks. I'm not going to discount it in in that way. I want to see this thing play out. Obviously, the draft is a big process. We've only gone through the first round. Last year, Seattle was successful in adding six starters to its um, to its team through round five and with that woolen pick. And I'm saying we've got a process here that we need to execute and let's evaluate where we're at as a whole, not just these two picks in a, in a, you know, in a small sample size, if you will. And I think that when you take a look back after it's all said and done, we're not necessarily looking at cross and we're looking at Abe Lucas and where they were picked in the draft and if they were good values or not. We we took a look at that whole draft and we said, we got six starters out of the draft and it's, it's an impact. And we don't care really where they were drafted. How did they affect the roster? And I think that's what we need to do here is just step back a little bit and allow the process to work. Yeah, I'm, I hear what you're saying. I'm just, I look at this and I, um, if you like, if you were to look at the difference between if instead of getting um, Witherspoon at corner, you got Julius Prince. Julius Prince is not as good a player. He's still a good player, very good player, would be an instant starter. Um, the difference there compared to the difference between um, Skaronsky, the best guard in this draft, and Luke Weipler, who they'll probably, someone like that that they'll probably end up with, the difference there is bigger and it has a bigger impact on your ability to win games because of what you have around them. Um, I, I kind of a, agree with you. I agree build your with roster you in, in a way that allows you to win games and inside out. I, have, I agree. If you don't have anything in the trenches, all the cornerbacks and wide receivers in the world aren't going to help you win games. Last and right year's... now they need help in the trenches badly. Last year, Seattle successfully kind of changed its, remade its its draft philosophy in that they kind of went after Cross. Cross was kind of a need, but also best player available at nine. But after that, they kind of allowed the draft to kind of come to them. They they did go out and get Mafe. They got um, Ken Walker, Abe Lucas, uh, Kobe Bryant, and, and Wollen. And they just kind of let the draft come to them. Best player available at the time, blah, 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 blah. And so I think they really wanted to come into this draft using that same philosophy in general, best player available, not pressing for need, et cetera. They've, they've done the need thing in the past. It hasn't really worked for them. They, they, it was horrendous when they did Collier and so forth. There's other draft picks as well where that happened. Um, I really like the philosophical approach, even if it means that the the largest priority needs weren't addressed in a, in the first round. There's only two picks in the first round. This isn't like just because we missed out on Carter, we missed out on Mozzie Smith or, or, or other players that we thought would be better fits because they also fit positional needs. I think that the draft is deeper than that. And I think there's an opportunity still here for the Seahawks to come out of the draft with, potentially three more impact players, three more starter level kind of players in this draft. 
Um, and, and if we also go to positions of need and we both agree that trenches on both sides of the football are, are what we need, um, how will you feel uh, after day two? I will feel that they got inferior players than what they could have got and that they drafted. But that's only based on draft need, though. They or draft did, no. grades. Well, Not necessarily what they, inferior. What they did was they, they drafted sexy picks instead of what wins you football games. And what wins you football games is offense and defensive line. That's what wins you do football games. Cornerbacks and wide receivers are sexy. They sell tickets. They get people excited. But it's the offense and defensive line more than anything that wins football games. That's what I'm. What, that's what I'm going to come away feeling. If they come out now and they get, um, you know, Benton and Schmitz here in the second round, and um, I, I just Siaki Ika in the third, they will have filled all of their positions of need. But the, but the truth is that. Those three guys, well, Schmitz is, is the best center in the draft, but the other two guys are good, but not elite. I'm gonna, at I'm what gonna, they do. I'm gonna stop you just for a second. So, when we've done all of our mocks and we've talked about this endlessly and we've gone through this process with every position group deep, I mean, like 10, 15 players deep at every spot, and we've gone through draft boards and we've gone through the, the mocks and, um, Often in the first round, we've chosen a quarterback. We've chosen, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud if he fell or whatever. That's one of the first round picks that we mm-hmm. did. And maybe, maybe that 20th pick we might have used on an edge rusher or a, a defensive tackle or possibly Schmitz or whatever. That's the other. So you're saying, based on just maybe possibly one pick uh, difference, based on all the mocks we did. Um, and, and quite often we would mock Schmitz at 37 or if it was Tipman or it's Benton or Ika or mm-hmm. Mozzie Smith at 37 and so forth. So we did all those mocks and we mocked all those guys that are at trench guys in the second and third round. And we didn't have any problem with those mocks. And we, we kind of also praised those mocks. all the trench guys in the first round too. Often we did, but sometimes, there were a, you know, it didn't work out that way. Of, there were a lot of. Uh, Jalen Carter's, a lot of Brian Breesey's, a lot of Mozzie Smith's. Good, yeah. very, I mean, trench yeah, guys. Yes. Um, but only one usually. I mean, the other guy was sometimes a quarterback. And, you know, you'd mentioned yourself that the, the value idea of, of the fifth pick overall, you want to go get your quarterback. I mean, so if they made the quarterback selection and they only had one other pick that was a trench guy in the first round, that would only be one player difference. In, yeah. in where to where we're at currently right now in day and they'd be, beginning of and day they'd, two and they'd be a better team in in um in 2023 and a better team in the future considering they they would have the quarterback long term and they would actually be able to stop the run or run the football which are two things they can't do right now and they also don't have a quarterback in the future um <laughs> right and they don't have they don't have a running back a second running back, so yeah, they might have I mean, to spend. What if what if what? How pissed would you be if they took that thirty seventh pick overall and drafted Charbonnet? Um, it's a waste right? of a pick, right? So, but earlier, just you take know, your picks and throw them in the trash. But if you drafted a trench guy and, and, and an offensive lineman in in the you know the the first round, Charbonnet doesn't feel so bad. 
You're right. So, it doesn't because right. now you you can actually take advantage of a player's skill set. Um, the way this the way the roster is constructed, drafting Charbonnet is a waste of a pick. He'll he'll never see the field because you're you're only going to run the ball 10, 12 times a game because you won't have any blocking up front for a running game. Um, and all of those carries are going to Ken Walker. I think that's dramatic. Like I, I think that, that's that's a little dramatic, but because we're going to get there, we're going to get there. I just don't know that it, you know. You, you take a, the 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 premier guys off the board now at one. They're still really good, solid players that can come in and start for you uh, in, in the NFL in rounds two and three. That happens every year. It happened last year. Yeah, I, but the the difference is is you're getting the solid players at the positions that help you win games. Abe Lucas last year the, in the third round almost made the Pro Bowl. I mean, he these things can happen. I'm not saying that 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 the trend is percentage-wise that it's it's greater than the first round. True. But it it's still gonna, open to the Seahawks. And it, we it, and we proved that over and over again when we got all of our roster, it comes down to roster building philosophy. Your your highest investments in positions should be in the positions that matter most to winning football games. Quarterback, defensive line, offensive line. Kind of in that order. So um, you think that Seattle approached the first round in their first picks as luxury picks almost? They did. They absolutely did. And I looked at them more as premium picks. Like no, that, turning out into, um, into elite position groups on our team. Um, and I think that helps wins game wins games as well, but they do need to address those trenches. There's no doubt they don't have a defensive tackle on the roster. They have three yeah. defensive linemen in overall. If you don't mm -hmm. count the outside edge rushers, which um, we don't, because they play a three four. Those are linebackers. And so um, and 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 then on the inside we've got Evan Brown at center, and we've got Haynes, who's sometimes injured, uh, as our only legitimate starting guard on the roster. So. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I hear what you're saying. It comes I just down, don't necessarily the mind these picks at the top. It's not the player that I have a problem with because there was the two guys the Seahawks drafted are freaking amazing. It is a roster building philosophy. You win by investing the most resources in quarterback, defensive line, and offensive line. Always start there and work your way out. Cornerback and wide receiver are way down on that list. They have this great opportunity, all these resources, both in free agency and in now the draft, and they're not investing their resources in the things that win you football games. Well, they they spent the most money they've ever spent on a free agent in um in free agency to add to their defensive tackle room in Dre Jones. Um you know, yeah, and in they order to brought sign back him, Ron Reed as well. So I in mean, order they, to they sign did. those guys, they they literally cut their entire defensive line. Room. Right, but the, but they yeah, but they cut. They also brought back you know brought in Evan Brown too. So the three positions they spent the most money on in free agency, Keith, they spent in the trenches. So, the, but they need to do more. There's no question they need to do more. And I think in day two you'll see that in the draft. Let's talk about day two like what they do okay so let's let's set aside what they did with the fifth and, and 20th pick we'll have plenty of time to discuss that further down the road um let's preview kind of what's going to happen in day two they've got pick 37 they've got pick uh, 52 
and they've got uh, pick uh, 83. And John Schneider today or last night in the press conference said that um, uh, while those picks are, are the picks they have currently, they'd like to be able to possibly move around a little bit um, and uh, either identify their players and, and go get them or move back off those picks and uh, pick up additional um, additional value. So what would you like to see them do today? They have got to invest in the things that win football games. They need to go out and draft um, John Michael Schmitz if he's available at 37. They can't wait. You don't get cute and 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 drop. Uh, and if it's not him, then it better be um, a defensive tackle. Or Joe um, Tipman. Or what? Or Joe Tipman. Well, yeah, you do. If Tipman's like your fallback, if you don't get, um, I like if you personally, decide, I like Tipman better, but yeah, right. One of those guys at center, absolutely. Or a guard, you know, I think guard, if you pick a guard, maybe Evan Brown goes into the season as your center, but at least you got your guard handled. One of those two for sure. You've got, yeah, you've got to go get a, um, you got to Osiris Torrance at guard. We'll go with that. Um, I think you've got to, you've got to at 37, um, you've got to get a trench guy, either one of, those three offensive linemen or um, a defensive uh, lineman. And if you do anything else, honestly, you're just not, you're not setting yourself up to win. Um, I think when you look at, so at the defensive lineman, we're talking about Siaka Iki, or Ika, um, the 340-pound nose tackle out of Baylor, um, Zach Pickens, who's a smaller guy, um, and uh, Keanu Benton. Those are the, those are kind of the guys that you're looking at. Maybe Cameron Young. Um, He's a little you know, later, of, but yeah. You know, at, 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 as far as like 37. Um, and then if you're looking um, at the the second pick in the second round, um, Ade Ade, who you've mentioned, Byron Young, um, and that's also where Cameron Young kind of comes into play. Yeah. Um, those they they have uh, Gerard Clark later in the draft, uh, maybe around yeah. three or. You know, the they've got to go out and do this because if you don't, if you don't invest in those positions, then you have to figure out who's going to play there during the season. And right now, they're set to have most of their defensive line rotation be made up of um, undrafted rookie free agents because they don't have the bodies now and they don't have the cap room to go get a veteran. Yeah. They've literally put themselves, they have put themselves into a corner, Keith. There, there's have. no doubt. They haven't done what they needed to do in free agency and they spent the money on Geno Smith and, and other places. Um, and they, I mean, they did elect to bring in uh, Dre Jones, Keith. And, you know, that's a big solve for them. But it also, you, you mentioned it earlier, they jettisoned a whole bunch of other guys that were, uh, mm-hmm. and they haven't brought back Al Woods. They haven't brought back Puna Ford. Those guys still might be in play, but again, we're talking about a money situation now for the Seahawks. Um, so they've pressed themselves into a situation where they need to draft for need. Hopefully it aligns with um, with with their board and and with the value of those picks as well. But they're they're you know, they would be much better if they came out of the draft with Benton, Keanu Benton, the the defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. Uh, he could play a couple different spots for them. He could play out at the five. He could come in at the three for sure. He could play nose tackle for you. Um, 
Adeyade obviously is another guy that could play three, but they've already got two other three techs on the roster. They need a nose tackle is what they need. So I'd be yeah. looking at guys like Zach Pickens. Um, obviously, you'd mentioned that before. Byron Young. Um, Siaki uh, Ika. Ika and um, Cameron Young out of Mississippi State. It's another guy. He's currently, Pickens isn't a nose tackle. He's only 294. Right. He'd, he'd be your you know another three-tech, five-tech kind of guy. Yeah. So what you what but the thing is you if you draft um a guy like Pickens, you draft him to be your three tech um or your five tech, Jones being the other one, and then you just move Reed inside. Reed spent um like the first three years of his career as a nose tackle. He can do yeah. that job. Or you can get like a guy like Jared Clark, you know, in the in the sixth, seventh round and and a guy that's three hundred and thirty five pounds and and he comes in and mm-hmm. just plays on some rundowns. You are depending on young talent, you know, with this philosophy. And I don't know if that's the greatest thing to do there. there, You you and I have complete agreement. Keith is that you have to do, you have to depend on young talent because you don't have the roster to go. Well, if the, if the young talent works out great, but if it doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll just, yeah. And you know, at the hit rate, you know, in the first round, (laughs) the second round is about equal. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I still think that they can have some success here. Um, there was no guarantees uh, with Jalen Carter being the, the player that could solve all Seattle's problems. There's no guarantee that Mozzie Smith is going to be that. There's some holes in his game as well. Um, I, I need to trust the process a little bit, and I'll, I'm going to check in after rounds two and three. You and I are going to watch this uh, draft together today. Um, so that'll be fascinating to sit in the same room together and have this discussion. But, um, the, uh, I, I would definitely want them to come away with at least two defensive players in this, out of the next, out of these three. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, one of them could be, could totally disappoint me. It could be linebacker Drew Sanders or something. We'd like Drew Sanders as a prospect, but at this point, if if Drew Sanders and Keanu Benton's on the on the board and they're roughly in the same ballpark as far as grade and they don't pick Benton, I'm gonna, I would lose I would start to lose my stuff as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you I, and I, I are the same in the same. We we see this the same way. I just don't. I, I think that Seattle took advantage of where they were at and and the way that the board fell and the fact they didn't decide to trade and so forth. And they got some really good players. I think long term, I'm going to be happy with those. So I'm not going to trash the first round picks. I love the players. Uh, just like you, the process though, you, you and I are, are closer in agreement to the process argument on this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. the, then, then this it's kind of come out here. I was kind of arguing in favor of the, of the, of the picks and the team, but I agree with the <laughs> process part of, of this in that we have major holes on our, uh, defense and offensive lines that aren't being addressed. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a wonder right now sitting here before day two. Uh, how they're going to solve that heading into the season without money and without players. So hopefully that all comes together. I don't know how, but it, it, but mean, it will. I mean, I, I like Drew Sanders. I think that's a great player and it, it would be a position of need because they need another inside linebacker. They need to get Bush out of the starting lineup um, because I don't think you can count on him, but again, okay. That's an, imp- that's a great improvement to the roster but you still don't have a defensive line. You still don't have the most important part of your defense. Yeah. And, and we just, st- and we, we talked today, you know, what if they pick Charbonnet? Now, Charbonnet is a great running back and he'd be a great number two running back to pair with um, what, what we've got. Yeah. But, pair with Walker. But wow. I mean, you're going to have to spend that 37 overall pick to get him. 
And if they if they did that, I would I would my my jaw would drop if they chose another offensive player in this draft when you have so many other needs, you know, at yeah. center and and guard and defensive tackle. <laughs> the list goes on. How um, how good are you going to be if three of the seven um members of your defensive line rotation are rookies drafted in either on day three or undrafted rookie free agents. How good yeah. is your team? How good is your defense? Well, something's going to have to break. There's going to have to be some not. restructure of contracts, you know, and I, I do believe that guys like Puna Ford and Al Woods are on speed dial right now because of, of what's happened here. Um, this is, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at. We're, we're basically to the point where they're going to have to find six or $7 million here in the next two weeks three weeks and and also hope for um training camp cuts to be able to pick up a couple players because that's that's kind of where they're at and i i they did the same thing last year with the linebacker group and they did the same thing at at center we we thought that they were counting on Blythe to come in and and be a guy and it just didn't work and that was Mm -hmm. a fault of free agency they did the same thing with, uh, you know, edge rushers the year prior and the year prior to that. They did, you know, now it's defensive tackle where you've got this major hole heading into the draft and then you don't att- uh, attack it in the draft. And now after the draft, you're left still with the same problem you were uh, you had on February 1st. So that I have a problem with for sure. At some point, you have to invest resources in the right places. And this team has forty million in cap space spent on safety. Half of that on a guy that's played uh, like fifteen snaps in the last eighteen months. Yeah, I mean that seems like the logical place to find some money, but again, what? they've come out what? over and over and over again in the last three or four weeks and reiterated their support for Jamal Adams on this roster this year and how how much of an impact he's going to have um, on this season sure. if healthy. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're coming out and doing that because they're, they're being rightfully criticized for um, cutting a guy that played, played and played really well and was only going to cost them, you know, two and a half million in order to keep a guy that didn't play at all um, and cost 18. So they're yeah they're coming out in support of Adams, in an effort to answer the criticism which they're getting and it's, it's deserved. You can't spend well, that it, much it, of your cap. It was space it was a problem before Love came to the team. I'm not talking about Love. I'm talking oh, about Adams and um, Ryan Neal. I know Ryan Neal. I know that, but but spending at safety was already an issue with Diggs and Adams, and then That's they brought I mean. in Love and free agency. They needed like getting like moving on from Adams and reallocating the resources away from a low value position into some place that actually can help you like win right. where you actually need to where you need to be allocating your resources would make this team better. They Snyder and um, Carol deserve criticism for the way that they've handled safety for, and defensive line um, and offensive line. I mean, oh, it helped last year hitting on two tackles, but the rest, you know, the rest of the line needs a little bit of help too. Yeah. 
Agreed. I know. It's crazy. Hey, I'm going to see you later today. I'm in the Northwest. Yep. Keith, uh, Keith's coming over. We're watching the draft together. So that'll be, that'll be great. We may record uh, tonight. May, may do a live show. May just sit back and, and watch the, the draft. Don't know yet for sure. Um, Depends we'll on, on how many adult beverages we've had by the time the CX <laughs> make their last pick. Hey, let's record. <laughs> or um, maybe we shouldn't record because having the two of us um, not be able to complete a sentence and a train of thought doesn't make for a great um a great show so i'm anticipating well. i'm anticipating a great a great uh day two of the draft you know i'm expecting uh, it to be and, fun either way this is the bread and butter part of the draft where i think john schneider and pete carroll do do a great job i think that uh, we're going to get value hopefully maybe we can pick up an extra uh pick um it looks like if you if you drop down 10 spots in uh you know from 37 to 47 you might be able to pick up a a the late third round pick that's kind of where the value is i don't mm -hmm. necessarily agree that we should be dropping back from 37 i think that there's really good players now maybe if we get the really good player at 37 we feel more comfortable dra uh, dropping back from 52 uh mm -hmm. that i could understand a little bit but then you're only really getting a fourth round pick at that point maybe even a fifth to drop back and so i'm not exactly sure what the philosophy is going to be heading into today i'd rather just stick and make the picks um just because i think we've got a real good opportunity here to improve the roster improve the team um and and it's it's hard uh when you've gone through this process for a long time to get stuck at 37 in your head and know that there's going to be certain players available and when if they don't it's it's not going to be good um i still think they end up with with some really good players today that's going to really help what you're help saying is part Part of, of of the issue at five is if they had moved back from five, they could have moved back from five to seven and picked up another late second or mid second. Yeah. yeah. Um, the player they really wanted wasn't going to be available. You know, Detroit was hanging there at six. I know. And, and had, was going to make they that. Had to pick, they had to pick before Detroit if they wanted Witherspoon. I get that. I'm just saying, like, you can get a lot of draft capital by moving down. Right. Um, and they, the early, and they had early mid round one to do it as well. Yep. And um, yeah, you can get a lot of draft capital moving down in the first round. It's hard to generate draft capital now. So I'm with you. I stick where you're at. Take your picks. They may um, end up spending future picks too because of of the need. They've they've they need to fill out this roster. They've got prior to the draft that we talked about this. They've got 52, 53 players under contract. They're going to go into uh, training camp with 90 players on the roster. That means about 40 players are going to be rookies out of this class plus undrafted rookie free agents. Yeah. And <laughs> they've, they've got an okay roster, but obviously they, they've have a lot, a long ways to go. And we saw that with the game against um, the, the third game of the year in the playoffs against the 49ers, how far away we were from yeah. contending, really contending. Yep. And they're, this is going to be an extremely young team. They're going to have the starters to look like they're going to be able to compete on paper. But the NFL, like being a true contender, you have to have depth. And this team is not going to have depth yet. They're still, this is still a, a rebuilding situation. Um, even if they uh, went to the playoffs in their, the first, um, yeah. the first year of the rebuild, it's still a rebuilding situation. The roster yeah. is, it isn't where it needs to be and but it it's not going to be like they're they're in the 
they spent last year tearing it down and now they're starting to build it up and they were a playoff team because they hit on six different draft picks which is crazy and this year so far i know that we've got two really good players as long as they stay healthy um that part's nice it's just you can't field a team without defensive linemen <laughs> that is very true no, we'll see so, what happens. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's a long way to September 1st. You know, by then the, the roster will be set. And I and and every year, and I've been doing this a long, and so have you been doing this a long time. By September 1st, we will have a complete roster. We will have enough players on defense to field a team, including the defensive line, and they'll be good players. They're not going to go in with a bunch of undrafted rookie free agents in the rotation. Maybe one, if if one really stands out, but they're going to solve this going in. They're going to create cap space they're going to go out and get the guys they need to get in order to feel comfortable going into the season but optimally they get some really good talent out of this draft that can come in on the team and affect the team this year and really solidify it in the in the years to come and Mm -hmm. and i agree they need to invest so we'll see what happens all right let's get out of here enough chatter for today uh find keith on twitter at myers nfl um even though the screen is is opposite um down below our (laughs) names yeah <laughs> yep if you're watching on youtube i'm i'm, I'm over there right yeah now, over there <laughs> exactly and uh you can find me on twitter at uh at uh, northwest seahawk you can find the show at hawks playbook on twitter seahawksplaybook.com is the website find us on your favorite podcast platform and youtube and hit the subscribe button when you get there so until next time go hawks go hawks Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.